0: Kick it! Edit that out. I will.
1: Um, are there two L's in Johnny Ryo?
0: The following program contains adult language and mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. You gonna do what? Sabotage. There you are?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm doing a Beastie Boys song too, and asshole. Really?
2: Boy, too. Yeah. Fuck, then I need to think we'll about something all else. do Beastie I'll have to think about something else then. Because there's, one, there's so, one song I always remember when I lived in California. In California, they had a channel that you... Monkey. Nope. Paul Revere? Nope. No, this one was uh there used there was a channel in California where you could call and pay for videos. They charge you like a dollar for a video. then they would tell you the next video is that. So my uncle, I remember one time I had to babysit my little cousin that he was just born. She's 21 now. So this was 21 years ago. And I was babysitting her. And I remember my uncle was like, here's 10 bucks. You can buy some videos. And he gave me 20 for the food. And then him and the mom went out. I'm like, go ahead. So I spent $10. And I didn't know how to fucking. As they show clips of the videos, there was a number code on the bottom. And I kept putting the wrong fucking number code. So all these weird fucking videos. But you had to wait, dude, because everybody was doing their fucking songs. So I remember after, now. Now that I think about it, I'm it's like, just like
1: it's like calling in and requesting a song on the but radio. Dude,
2: we got ripped off because there's 50 of us could have bought the same song, and you're like, "Oh, I just paid for my song," and like, no, you paid $50 for a song to come on. It's not your song. It's just the song that probably got the most money for that moment. So, so what was the song? Um, I'd have to play it. I don't know the name of it. Um, oh shit! It go It starts out with the the electric. Uh, Oh, or, uh, organ. Da, 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 da.
1: Is it gratitude?
2: No, I don't think so. So, what you want? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent song. That's the one where it has that really fucked up camera. Yeah. distortion. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's it. Everything's like, uh, like inverted. They're in the woods and shit. Yeah. That's it. It's been
2: $10 see a
1: fucking video excellent song excellent video
2: prime
1: 90s shit right there that is a 90s fucking video
2: that's when they started playing their own instruments too right about
1: that time uh they played their instruments on check your head that album yes they were already playing instruments because they were a punk band before they did rap but that was the first album where they started playing instruments on the album gratitude is fucking one of their best songs that's them all playing their own instruments while Ad Rock sings, just like Sabotage is yeah. them playing instruments while Ad Rock's the lead singer. Gratitude, I think, was the first time they did that on one of their rap albums. Gratitude is a fucking amazing song.
0: Okay, I've got an alternate song now. It's, it's going to be a middle, though. It's not going to be a close or an okay.
3: opener. The upcoming Hour of Music is brought to you with limited commercial interruption by the 108th Sage, Game Designer, Geek, Gender Queer, Progressive, Dr. Ange, in charge of Supergirl Comic Box Commentary Fan Site, A.L. Oldham, Poet, Ali Bat, Artist from Austin, Texas, Avatar of the Green, Swamp Thing Blog, Bat, Just a Person Who Watches, Reads, and Eats, A Beardo Talks Film, Host of the A Beardo and a Weirdo Talk Film Podcast, now available on iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud. Body Snatchers. Science Fiction Double Feature, a.k.a. Tom Vidovich. Bone Dragon Comics, a web comics variety site featuring widescreen CG comics. Brody's Kitchen. Join Chief Brody and Bad Hat Harry every weekend as they talk film, TV, and pop culture. Bronze Age Babies. Growing Up Goodness from the 70s and 80s with Karen and Doug. You tune into the station that gives you one song each. You know the one. One, 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 one,
1: one, 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 another
3: One more time.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to One Song Each, where each of us will pick a song and give a quick synopsis of what the song means to us, be it time, place, or person. I am Mr. Fix It.
1: I'm a legal machine.
2: Diablo Frank. On this one, we're gonna let Matt kick it off for us.
1: So, mine is a song called Johnny Ryow by the Beastie Boys.
2: We'll listen to the song first. Okay. I've never heard this song. Oh, this is the one where they sample that shit, right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, wow. it's, tap- it's like number but samples, right?
3: Johnny, Johnny, the
0: cool wax. wax.
1: So, the song I chose for this episode is Johnny Royale by the Beastie Boys off of 1989's rap classic Paul's Boutique. This album has a lot of stories for me and how I first discovered this album, but I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about this song because my friend Frank here and I... We did superhero role-playing like fucking uber-dweeb nerds. Yeah, DC
0: Mayfair role-playing game. I, I had been ordering those as reference for the comics, and we were bored. We'd been playing overpower cards. I think I got you guys an overpower, I it was, right? This might
1: have been pre-overpower.
0: No, this was post-overpower. Because if I remember correctly, I had started playing the DC overpower game with my friend Orlando. Okay, who, yeah, you're uh, right. uh, yeah, we had some packs in the shop, and he was like, look, if you buy a pack of the starter, I'll buy a starter, and we'll play together. And so I'd go over to his house and we'd play our overpowered decks the first series and then later on I moved to another shop and you guys had been at the old shop but we didn't like hang out outside of the shop but when I moved over it happened to be real close to where you guys lived so you had some of the original Marvel overpower and so we played against each other using those decks and that's how we started hanging out together and then after a while you guys kept playing overpower and I kind of lost interest and you guys would go off to humble and play in competitions. but as that was sort of starting to die off some I had this role playing and I think I don't know if I suggested it or we, it was just something that came up in discussion well, I, th- I
1: think we were just trying to find shit to do because I know right. we, we were playing Risk
0: we were, we were poor yeah we were playing Stratego Stratego and, and
1: Risk and yeah. shit like that We you, the shop would be closed we'd just be hanging out after we locked everything up and then the alarms would auto arm at 11 o'clock and right. you'd have, and have, to, have to, to run, run over and unarm it before the fucking police showed up we all had our character sheets and we all had to make our creative characters right mm-hmm. for our things and I'm a huge Beastie Boys fan and I love the song Johnny Royale so my my character was i think i called him john royal not johnny i yeah, don't but the
0: thing goes was that your first character
1: i think it was actually your second character it might have been my second but it was the one i used the most
0: no, no, no. I'm. I'm saying we did one full role-playing campaign. One of our people was Testal, who was sort of like Blade. One of our people was a major acrobat fighter dude. I think that was your guy. Didn't he have a cape or something? That was John Royale. Are you sure? Cause, who was Cause the he- second one that we did? Oh, the second one you were trying to do, that like Martin Blank from Gross
1: Point Gross Blank. Gross Point Blank. Okay, right. so
0: your main guy was Johnny Royale. I think and he
1: looked like he was a mixture. Nomad. Of-
0: Nomad and the original Jack Monroe and, styled Nomad, not well, not the original, but the,
1: the and the mixture of and the mixture of uh, Jack of Hearts costume.
0: Oh, he had some Jack of Hearts. Yeah. I'm only I mostly remember because
1: Cap- it was most it was mostly Nomad, black and red Nomad, and I had yeah. I even designed a logo for him. Mm-hmm. Pretty rad. But we had some good fucking times role playing. Yeah, well, And also some really not good times.
0: Yeah, well, what was fun about that character is all you guys decided that you wanted to up your dexterity and your strength. So you guys were all physical and you guys were all like ridiculously overpowered in that one discipline. And I was a shitty game master because I didn't understand that my role is supposed to be to build the world that y'all are playing in. And I'm just supposed to have that built for you guys and then let you guys explore this world. I was trying to be a player and a GM at the same time. So I'm treating a lot of the NPCs as though they're actual characters and trying to pit them against you guys and trying to force the story to go where I want it to go. As opposed and, to making and,
1: multiple options and yes, letting us and, choose. and in, right.
0: in retrospect, I wished I was a better game master. I think we still had fun. I, you know, I, I think it was pretty good.
1: Oh, I mean, not, I, I had no Basis reference. for comparison. I, I, I did not know that you were just the GM.
0: Well, that and a good GM would have also punished you guys because since you all had major physical stats, I should have just been throwing geniuses at
1: magic, you. Or magic guys. Yeah, just like, that like
0: totally fucked you guys over, but I didn't know what I was doing. I just kind of rolled with it. I regret that I wasn't better at dming for you and but I- it was still fun though that because your guy i remember you're trying to be like the noble hero and i had put you up against rainbow raider and you rolled like 20 and just fucking punch this guy yeah. so fucking hard and we're all fighting to save this character's life rainbow raider so your guy doesn't go like to the dark side immediately on like your first adventure
1: but i just remember that you weren't expecting me to hit him that hard it was like a perfect roll Mm-hmm. And like you, I said, it was
0: a D twenty, and you like roll a twenty.
1: Yeah, and you were, like having to describe when I hit him, what happened to his body, and I think you had him like he like blew through a building. We I think were I in. actually
0: like I had you rolling a well, about whether he hit a mattress or whether he like went through the glass, yeah. and it's like no, he just you just kept rolling too high and just blowing this guy out just the completely window,
1: destroyed him. And yes. we were just, I think we were dying laughing. He was
0: just a red mist. We were just, yeah, we were dying laughing
1: because then we would roll the next roll, and it would be even more horrible consequences. <laughs> and then the next roll and we it was roll like anything i was on 12. fire rolling destroying <laughs> this character but yeah those were a good times man yeah we were we all were, laughing our asses we off poor of that as fuck. we were poor as we fuck, were super yes. duper poor so poor we were spending all of our nights in a locked comic book shop role-playing yeah <laughs> yeah <Like> crazy, <laughs> it was one campaign
0: more. but it was a fun one and a long one and i think if we'd had recordings of that it would have been funny
1: yeah i don't think i remember much of it though i remember the rainbow. Uh, Rainbow Raider? Rainbow Rider? No, it was Rainbow Raider because it was a
0: crappy Mort Flash villain. You know, The point was it was supposed to be an easy win for you, but it wasn't supposed to be an an obliteration on the first
1: punch, though. I just remember you got so pissed off at my brother because he kept not wanting to do what the fuck you were doing.
0: That didn't help either.
1: Again, I should have – Like intentionally being a complete – well, I mean, but that's – That's how he was. That's how he was, yeah. He's a very frustrating
0: individual, so yes.
1: And but again, that's – So I, did he have, have the bum – who had the bum shield?
0: Probably him, knowing him. The term bum shield, I thought, came from his being a fan of Sabretooth and at one point Sabretooth using a guy as a physical obstruction against gunfire, which was big in like Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. But you guys actually, I think, coined the term bum shield of using he, of he the body. Because basically he had a
1: sidekick who was completely mute, deaf, and dumb, mm-hmm. but he had maxed out invulnerability. So he basically <laughs> just carried this guy around <laughs> and would use him like a shield to defend. <laughs> Thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Your brother had a twisted sense of everything. My God.
1: Anyway, that's that song. And that. Do you remember what Ween's character was? No, I don't know. Who either. was
0: Testall? Testall was uh the co-owner's son. Oh, character. that's right. He was like Blade, but with dreadlocks. And I don't that's think he actually had a right. sword, but he had some other pointy stuff. He was, he was I think he was part vampire, like Blade was. The dude just fucking loved Blade. He was playing Blade with dreadlocks.
1: Yeah test all
0: i do remember oh, in our second quasi campaign that we didn't really flesh out because what i try to do is give you guys individual stories and then bring you guys together sort of like the avengers movies and it never made it that far because i kept trying to take you guys off to the side and do stories with you and also i was still trying to force the stories into a certain mold and it wasn't working that great but i remember i had a big bull demon that was fighting ween's character and i actually had this bull demon Literally, dick slap Ween's character. Yeah, yeah,
1: yes, you did. I remember that. <laughs>
0: and then I had to do everything I could to make sure that my guy got away after dick slapping him because I wanted to be able to continue to use that character because I did a fucking sick drawing of the character too. I still had that somewhere. It, it was actually one of the better ones I, I had because I had like a bodybuilding magazine for reference, so I made him this big bodybuilder dude with a bull head. It's like this is a cool guy. I'm gonna make this guy stick around. And I think Ween had specifically made a demonic character, and so I was making him. A he guy was a Magic the Gathering
1: him. guy, so that's probably
0: yeah, probably something like that. And so then i having to try to have my guy run away before Ween destroys him with his out of control stats like here's one of the other
1: here's one of the other moments i specifically remember from our role because i've just given such a shitty time in my life i have Mm -hmm. just subconsciously forgotten so much of that it's unbelievable Mm -hmm. but there was one time where my brother was pissing you off so much and you were getting so fucking mad because every time you were trying to get him to go somewhere he was like why like, I don't want to do that. Like, he kept questioning you as the dungeon, the GM. Yeah. And uh, and finally, you just said, because I said so, god damn it. It's <laughs>
2: like... <laughs> <laughs> And we were all. It like, sounds oh. like classic Frank. We
1: were but, but like, oh shit, Frank's actually <laughs> extremely real life pissed off right now. <laughs> what do we do? Because my brother is just. Yes, my brother. He just kept. Well, why are we? Why do we have to do it? What if I don't want to do that? How do I don't want to do that. And finally, you just go because I said so. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, oh, but that so it makes mad. me a
0: bad DM though. Good one would have handled that better. But I just didn't know what the fuck I was well, doing.
1: Like None of us knew
0: what the fuck we were doing. Let's be honest. No, no no no. I just had read enough of the book to where I could make the mechanics work for the bullshit we were doing. But I didn't know what the fuck I was doing.
1: Terrific stuff. But it
0: was fun. When yeah.
1: was it? That was ninety. I don't know. Nine two. It was, It was late nineties. Yeah unbelievable
0: but give us a little bit of background on paul's boutique unless you're expecting to revisit it again No,
1: we'll probably revisit it because that's a whole other
0: well what the fuck so. is johnny royale is about though johnny wasn't royale is a
1: song about it you know those old country singers who basically ghost wrote songs for johnny cash and stuff like that mm-hmm. there's a line in the song where he says he claims that he wrote the blue suede shoes he has a platinum voice but only gold records he never lived up to his expectations mm-hmm. as a as a rockabilly singer so mm-hmm. he's the bum on the street who always tells you you know there's like the legend of this guy like oh do you know he used to be this old rockabilly singer and he, oh he could have been elvis but you know he's just a he's a drunk out on the street because mm-hmm. you know there's always there's guys like that all the time where you find out that uh, these viral videos where they the homeless the, the guy the starts homeless guy with the golden bike, s- unbelievable and it turns out he was a voiceover guy back in the 90s mm-hmm. or whatever that kind of stuff i think that's sort of the well
0: was the he literally though the guy or was he just making up stories because he's a nutty homeless dude in the right. song i don't you don't, don't know. know they, don't they leave it ambiguous know. okay I remember you telling me it was either one of your favorite songs on the album or one of your favorite BC songs overall. It's one of my
1: favorite songs on album. I don't think it's well, – I mean, at the time, it. it's whatever. It's like one of those things where you ask me any given day and a different song is going to be my favorite. But mm. no, I think uh, Car Thief on that album has the – long. but that would be the was song. Was High Plains Drifter on that album? High Plains Drifter is on That's that That's my jam then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Eggman, which comes on after that, but to start, has that – is that the Shaft baseline? Boom, 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 boom. boom it's boom. one of those
0: Black Spectation movies. I don't think it's Shaft, but it's, it's I think it's one of those.
3: Can oh. a super fly Harlem dude beat oh. the system? Oh. Yeah. He's got a plan to
2: stick it to the man. He's super hood, super high,
3: super dude, super fly. Okay, yeah,
1: one of those freaking amazing album if you never listen to paul's boutique what the hell are you doing paul's boutique is one of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time it is unbelievable there are stories of how they it's one of the most sampled albums. it's one of the albums that killed sampling because they sampled there was there are like websites devoted to how many samples are in each individual track on Paul's Boutique right. and there I remember, like hundreds I, of I seconds think, I think, snippets I think Harvard or so, some Forbes somebody did some story where they tried to calculate the amount of money it would cost to make Paul's Boutique today it was Paul's Boutique and I think Fear of a Black Planet or one of uh Public Enemies first huge album that there were so many samples in those two albums you could not economically make them today they could not possibly sell enough records to become profitable There there's no way that you could take that album to any major label and say you could tell them how unbelievably popular it's going to be they said we cannot financially make this album with all the royalties you'd have to dole out but in 1989 you'd have to dole that stuff out and it was all free well, the, that, uh, and it's a
0: collage because they're only taking a few seconds out of individual songs and making whole new songs right. out of the vast
1: for and uh, then, hundreds
0: and hundreds of songs were in that album
1: Back then, the only way to do that, well, and the reason why not everybody sampled to that, because like, why didn't everybody just do that? Well, because what you had to do is you had to literally cut tape and mm-hmm. tape shit together. So there are legends of the freaking Dust Brothers and the Beastie Boys and Adam, Adam Yauk mostly tearing, like literally running tape all over an apartment, taping it together, strung out all over the place, looped over the counters, around chairs, where they're piecing together the song in this album. Just amazing that it even came out at all. Yeah. It's a a work of art.
0: It would have been. It's not
1: like going into a piece of software nowadays. You could clip together that in five seconds or going into freaking audacity and just cutting up a song. As
0: somebody who edits shit, it would still be a fucking nightmare to do that. But it was so much worse to do that by analog physically cutting the tape.
1: Unbelievable. How uh, just
0: knowing where to cut the fucking tape, you know?
1: Yeah. And, and it, was a, it was a commercial disaster. It was, it, was, it was a failure. So that was after they left Def Jam and then went to Capitol. And that was their first album on Capitol. Basically, Capital just gave them all the money in the world and said, hey, make a freaking album. Make another and license it came to out Ill. and people thought it was going to be licensed to ill with a bunch of jock rock. And instead it wasn't. But it's so much better than licensed to ill. Please stop listening to licensed to ill. It's not that good. Please listen to now, Paul's Life boutique. "Licensed Ill" is a great. It is. It's, it's a classic, and, and it also, it holds up so well. It really "Licensed Ill" really does hold up. But those songs are still super catchy. Yeah, the rhymes are still really, really good. But Paul's boutique is the gym. Please find Paul's yes. Boutique, Human Beings. Well, what that, are you doing? Listen to this album.
0: And as good as License to Ill was in 87, it's been 30-some-odd years now. And you can only listen to Brass Monkey so many freaking times before you're part of the problem of our entire culture. It's a song about booze. There's plenty of songs about booze. Let's have some more songs about homeless guys and tells
1: a story and is a piece of artwork. I think the, the Beastie Boys aren't proud of License to Ill. I think that they understand that they made this amazing album that transcended cultures and white people and black people. Everybody loves Licensed Ill. But I think they're embarrassed of that stuff.
0: Well, because it ultimately is still as low as common denominator, stereotypes of rap bullshit. They wrote it as a
1: joke. They wrote it as a joke, but because it got so huge, they ended up kind of feeding into the joke. Were their concerts. They were just crushing beer and making out with Madonna and shit like that. Like, just going crazy. So they spent the rest of their career trying to get people to forget about that.
0: uh, And And I do think they've had superior albums.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Numerous superior albums. But Brass Monkey still gets played on our local freaking alt-rock station. Yeah.
0: The ugh. modern music station. Oh, yeah. Let's play some shit from 1987. Let's
1: play Brass Monkey and then some mandatory Metallica. Right. In a Sandman. Cut it up next. It's like, oh my god.
3: Here's one. This next music block is brought to you by Cash Flag, Time Waster. Podcaster, dog walker, Charlton Hero, 80s, 90s retro blogger who happens to dig comics, wrestling, TV, and movies at the superhero satellite. Chris Sheehan, co-host of the Cosmic Treadmill podcast, the Cinebud podcast, your high source for discussions of horror, sci-fi, action, television, movies, video games, and more. Comic Book Vault. There are only two kinds of freaks, ladies and gentlemen. Those created by God, and those made by man. Comic Reflections. A history-oriented podcast focused on the Silver and Bronze Age of comics. David Golding. Comic Artist and Writer. Dr. G. Nerdologist. I am a blogger and podcaster exploring the media multiverse of geek culture. Ed Moore. An indie Comics Fan. Marvel Bronze Age. Miskatonic and Teal Productions. Host of the Ronin Rabbit and Lords of Order. Co-host of Dance Fever and and the Mighty Thorcast. Inigo Montoya, Alter Ego of Edmore, Podcaster Extraordinaire. Okay, We're a legitimate I'm, rock and roll station. We're going to play one again for I, the 15th I,
1: time today.
0: Dude, if this fucker hasn't picked a song by now, he might be fucking rolling out one next. Yeah. Have you picked something?
2: I'm still thinking.
1: Metallica one. <laughs>
2: Hit it. Nah. <No. laughs> because that... I have different songs for different moments and there's some moments that are still too raw that I don't want to talk about Mm -hmm. and there's some songs that so I thought of one that's not the song I'm trying to find the actual song I have it saved in my library Yeah.
0: Lion Willie Johnson
2: Dark Was the Night yeah first blues song I ever heard in my life it's a short song Mm -hmm. Oh uh-huh. Song is kind of strange for me because it's probably my favorite song of all.
0: What was the song? Of all songs, yeah. Dark Dark Was the Night, Cold Was, was the, the Ground is your favorite.
2: Yes. I think it's probably one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. I never get tired of it. I've heard it a gajillion times. I've literally had it on loop before and heard it over and over and I never get tired of it. When did you first hear it? And that was the story I was gonna tell. So I was a freshman in high school and I was part of what is it, like um project group. We had the video cameras back in the day, the VHS video cameras. We would get projects. So we would go around recording stuff at the school. Like
1: the AV club? Or kind
2: of. What but it. we did stuff like, so our professor would give you a project. So you would have to take a camera home and do a project on what your father does for a living. We would do basically an oral report recorded on video. You know, At the time, my parents were divorced. There's a lot of bad stuff going on. And so my uncle, who I'll refer to as Bluto, because he reminded me much of John Belushi, he worked at a print shop. And yes, this was back in the days before you could make your own advertisement. You actually had to go to someone and they would create your signs, T-shirts, your magnets and stuff like that. And my uncle was a huge Simpsons fan. So I told him that. Simpsons, the cartoon? Yeah. Okay. And so I told him that I wanted to do his job. Like I wanted to do a project on him because he was hilarious. I knew all I had to do was point the camera, hit record, and the dude would run away with it. And I didn't have to do shit. I could just sit back and relax. I, I figured it was an easy A. He would go into his little voice. And he was like, Well, my name is Troy McClure. And he would do the Troy McClure voice while he's talking about, you know, how we set up the screen and he's doing all this stuff. And so we're hanging up at his print shop. It's like on a Saturday at like two in the morning. We had to wait until his bosses had left so we could go back to, to his job and do all this at night. And he was like, You know, we're just going to do one or two takes. And we we're having problems with the tapes and stuff. And I remember he had a bunch of old cassette tapes. So he was doing something else. I said, Well, I'm, I'm just going to play some music. So I just grabbed the tape, put it in. And he used to listen. This was back when when shark man was here i don't remember shark man k-rock
0: okay now this was
2: the only song i can remember when k-rock was around was um stp the first song plush Uh, yeah when that song came out that was really hot so i hit the song my uncle was the one that got me involved he got me really into Jimi hendrix led zeppelin like rock but early 70s rock. He was a little into metal, but not so much metal. That was another uncle of mine that was really into metal. So I had these two uncles who had different tastes in rock music and metal, but I liked hanging out with both of them. And that was the first time I'd ever heard blue song. I'd always heard about the blues, but I never really sat down. You know, you would hear about it. Maybe you'd flip through it on an AM station. Never sat there. And this was the first song I
0: played. I don't remember there being any blues no. on Houston radio. On an AM just, station, there maybe was. Maybe the AM, There yeah.
2: was. I remember because they would play like country, AM country. They would play some bluesy stuff. But that was just my grandfather's because he would listen to the Spanish stations. Because Spanish stations weren't on FM at the time. They are all on AM. The couple that were on FM were not his type of music. He liked real authentic Mexican. So he would always be playing with the AM. So that's when I would hear little snippets. I remember I started playing the song and I heard it all the way through. I was like, man, I was real haunting. I just remember thinking, like, again, we're in a shop. It's dark as shit. Very few lights on because a lot of the stuff is light sensitive. So I'm literally in a dark room while he's setting up stuff. So I played it again. And I think I listened to it, like, four times at night. And I remember asking my uncle about it. And he was like, oh, the blues. And I remember he always always tell me this. If you don't love the blues, you have a hole in your soul. But always tell me that. I'm like, all right, dude. I started listening to it. From that day forward, that song has always haunted me. I like, I think it's probably my favorite song. I never get tired of it. Every time I hear it, if I'm in a good mood, bad mood, or in between, it always draws an emotion out of me. Cause every time it's just something different. It's like looking at a prism. Every time I just turn a little bit and it's something completely different for me that day. There's no words and you can feel his pain. Mm. You don't know if he's, if it's jubilation or is it pain? Is he suffering? You're like you don't understand. You can just feel it. And it's a simple guitar. I mean, everything's simplified. There's no tricks There's not, it's just pure, his heart and soul into that song, it just gets me every time.
0: Just to give a little bit of background, the song was originally recorded in 1927. It was revived in the 1960s. Another blues musician helped to bring it back to prominence after it faded into obscurity. It got reasonably popular within blues circles to the point where it was included in 1977 on the gold record placed on the Voyager spacecraft oh, yeah. to be presented as an example oh, wow. of the diversity of music on Earth as a message to any intelligent life that might be out there. Jack White of the White Stripes called it the greatest example of bottleneck guitar in history of all time. But the thing of it was, he didn't actually use a bottleneck on it. He used a blade He would to, to get that sound. The vocals are a form of harmony that's used in gospel choirs, particularly in Baptist circles. And that's why it has that tremulous yeah. quality to it. And there's no lyrics, but according to multiple sources, it's supposed to be about the crucifixion of Christ. Oh, wow. Never knew
2: that. I
1: thought you could hear the, he just lightly says Jesus in part of it. I could have maybe, sworn maybe. I, I heard I it just under his breath.
2: Trust me, I've heard it so many times, and each time I think I hear different lyrics to it. I've been depressed because of a breakup, and it felt like it was about sorrow, about loss. And then I've heard it before. I just had one of those days where there was a blah eh, day. <laughs> and I listened to it, and it just reminds me of, uh, eh, day is better than no day at all mm-hmm. type moment. So that song gets me every time. Well, that's the only song I could think of right off the bat so hey, No, nah, that's
1: great. No, I, I, I can totally see what you're saying about it being a prism and you can interpret it a thousand different ways. Is it the closure and the relaxation of something terrible being over with, or is it suffering through it? Yeah. I mean, it can, it can be, uh, very interesting, very nice choice there. I guess to fix it. Well, I'll have
0: to edit this toward the middle because this definitely isn't a closer. (laughs) um, Again, getting on the internet in the late 90s for the first time and getting on message boards and such. And you had proto-memes before that actually got to be a big thing. But that's functionally what they were. And somebody had started one about doing the soundtrack of your life where you would basically take the equivalent of an album, like say 12 tracks or a certain time frame, like an hour or less, and you would pick songs that reflected the entirety of your life up to that point. I spent a lot of time, I was already really into music and that was in the early days of MP3. So I was actually just beginning to start gathering up music through CDs that people would give to me, like Burns and such. And I tried to figure out what the soundtrack of my life was. And I did come up with one, but it was only up to that point in time when I was still a relatively young man. There's some selections that aren't relevant anymore or reaches even when I got them and they became less close to my heart over the years. But one of the tracks that I picked that speaks more to my early life, and it isn't really that close to me anymore, but it's still somewhat pertinent, is the song The Passenger. I was introduced to the song through the Suzy and the Banshees cover from 87, and I think you know, I was probably introduced to it through The Rocket, a local radio station that played a lot of alternative songs. But when I was putting together the soundtrack, Susie Sue's vocals really didn't suit, and also I was picking too many chick acts. So I went back to the original version. It's by Iggy Pop, uh, yeah. released in 1977
2: on Lust for Life. It's a very simple song. You might want to play it right quick oh it's one of my favorites dude. i think i have it saved under my
1: speaking of lust for life can you believe what's that name what's that fucking band that totally copied that lust for life oh
0: fucking uh, uh one of those no shitty. no not buck um give me a minute jet
1: jet you yeah. believe that they're trying to say...
0: Are they, you going to be my girl? Yeah, yeah, Fucking exactly. stole that shit. They're
1: trying to say, no, it's just a popular you know, big band rearrangement. And mm-hmm. it's just a coincidence. Like, Freaking, It may you. have been subconsciously stolen, but well, that's definitely stolen.
0: Well, the problem is, even if it had been some kind of Backstreet Boys pop type stuff, it still would have been like, dude, but you really totally bit that rhythm. But they also did a punk song. It, at the very least, that song was them singing in a punk voice. So it's like, you're doing Iggy Pop's Lust for Life, Mother. Yeah. Yeah. You're not fooling anybody. But I did like that follow-up single they did, What Have You Done? Because it kind of had a John Lennon sound to it. Because all that's left is gone away And there's none Those guys faded, and I think probably deserve Yeah,
1: they're gone. Midnight. 2.25 drinks till midnight for midnight. me. It's
0: sexy. It's Saturday.
1: And it's only at Riley's. No cover before 10.30 for all the ladies. The party's back at Riley's. Don't miss Shine coming Thursday the 26th,
3: live at Riley's. Ava Phoenix, artist and troublemaker. FKA Jason, parent husband, son, Captain Adam fan, Ice in the Face, a weekly dystopian comedy podcast with Rick and Sarah, Idiots Without Credibility podcast by Dirty Bubble Media, Jake and Tom Conker podcast, talking about comic books, movies, and booze, Jason Handelman, member of the iHeartGeeks podcast team, Joe Crawford, father of three, reader of all comics, master of none. Justice First Dawn, the Twitter feed source for one fan's podcast about the pre-crisis Justice League of America comic book series. Keith G. Baker, living in a powder keg and giving off sparks. Kevin Daji, chartered psychologist. Guidance manager, teacher, writer, researcher, and life coach, Mark James, co-host, writer, producer of irreverent comedy show Poop Culture. Max Romero, writer of Great Caesars Post, and curator of Eow, It's Plastic Man, Motu Cast, a He-Man and Masters of the Universe podcast, Namor Submariner, two artists host a podcast covering the history of Namor. This is the radio station that ain't going south for the winter. We're with you every icy step of the way. Hour 92
2: For the you were going to talk a little bit about the song. I know the song very well. It's one of my favorite Iggy Pop songs. It's kind of cool that you picked this one. I kept thinking Passengers from a uh, different song, but Depeche Mode?
0: That would actually be a really good one for you in a future episode, so okay. we'll keep that in mind. I'll try to remind you of that one if you are not. Yeah, that's, that's the one I thought yeah. you were talking
1: about. You need to take notes to jog our memories next time we... Yeah, I, will
0: tr- I will try to do that, yeah. The family went to Colorado Springs where my... St- stepfather's brother was living with his family and we stayed up there for a few weeks i think i don't he was either given a pickup or he bought it or whatever but we took a bus up to colorado springs and then we drove the truck back to texas which sucked because it was a bench seat i was bitch and it was a stick because that was not a fun trip but we drove that pickup truck for years after that and eventually when we moved through the southwest we were in New Mexico, we were in Arizona, and then we were eventually in Nevada. We made that trip in the truck. By that point, we'd added a camper to it. The laws weren't the same back then. I spent a lot of time in that camper where all of our worldly possessions would be in that camper, and there would be this little tiny coffin-shaped open area where I would go for these long-ass treks. And in particular, when we finally gave up on Nevada after my stepfather was doing okay, his life was pretty good, he had a job, and he was enjoying it, we were in the shack in the middle of the fucking desert, and our lives were goddamn miserable. It's pretty much the worst time of my life. And so now
1: let me tell you something, folks. That's saying something.
0: <laughs> yeah. That had some pretty bad times after that too. But that was like the start of the worst period of my life. Let's put it that way. That's when I found where the bottom was, and then occasionally I'd get a little bit lower and a little bit higher and up and
1: down from there. You explored the bottom.
0: Right. Yeah, I got familiar with it. I knew where it was at and had the smells. Specifically, one thing I wanted to reference is we'd picked up a puppy very late in our time in Nevada. We'd hang around our little shack and shit. My mother being my mother wanted to bring it back to Texas with us. So I've got my little coffin blanket thing where I'm in this little spot in the middle of all of our shit. And there's enough room for me, this dog, and some comic books. Well, the dog got car sick. And also, we weren't very good at stopping and letting it go to the bathroom. So before long, I had the stink of vomit and shit back there that we'd kind of just like throw out what came out, but it would still be soaked up into the little blanket I was in. So I'm lying in this stuff, right? And I'm smelling it the whole way. And again, the drive from Nevada to Texas isn't that fun. It's a long-ass drive through a lot of desolate spaces you'd start to lose track of time after a while especially when you're younger you get sleepy it's so you're taking a nap and you're awake and you know and then you're suddenly you'll wake up and it was daylight and then it was dark again when i listen to this song i get that sense of you're just traveling you're not in control of your situation and you can try to fight against that but really your best hope under those circumstances is just let the current take you go with it i'm the passenger i ride and i ride i see the city's ripped back sides you're looking out the window and you're past passively. seeing the world pass you by it's day it's night and when i read about the song apparently it was based partly on a poem by jim morrison you can hear that door's influence on the song but also it was an exploration of iggy pop's time touring with david bowie Iggy pop was a guy he didn't have a driver's license he didn't own a vehicle so he was always riding in david bowie's car his passenger he never drove he was just along for the ride with bowie and they were probably both stormed out of their gorge too you're seeing the squalor of different areas of town you know when you're the crappy parts of town passing you by as you're driving along in your life when I initially had heard the song I'd heard the Suzy Sue version and that was the version I preferred initially but the older I got the more his wavering vocals that off-kilter delivery the more that spoke to me and now whenever I hear the Susie and the Banshees version it's way too clean way too poppy it doesn't represent the heart of that song it just takes me back to those times all these points in my life where I surrendered control or I was in a situation where I didn't have control and so I'm just watching the world pass me by as a passenger in my own life
2: you sir can never let anyone say they've had a rougher life than you <laughs>
0: no there have definitely been rougher lives than mine but i've had my times too
2: i think i would have just jumped out the back we of the fucking those, truck
1: we got those battle scars
2: <laughs> <laughs> i would just leaped out the back of the truck the
1: <laughs> most of those will check out this scar battles he will usually
2: win <laughs> yeah Oh no! Trust me. Every Any...
1: now and then you'll find somebody who can
2: do. But if they are man, they're like missing limbs or some shit, dude. Because yeah, no. to go up against Frank yeah, is
1: well, it's just like
0: you were listening to that rap song earlier where he's talking about sleeping on the oh yeah, floor, I kind of I kind of figured that Oven and I never had the open oven, but I definitely had areas heated by burners. Yeah, yeah we would turn oh, no, the burners no. on to
2: heat. There was up, times so. when we lived with my grandmother, and I remember for heat they would turn on the stoves, all the burners, and turn on the oven and put the door down. Everyone would leave their doors open, hoping for just some heat to come in. Mm-hmm. Now we lucked out. We got to sleep on the fold-out couch, so we got to sleep close to the stove. But then, of course, my grandma had those. Remember those old heaters where they would actually light up? They had like ceramic the space heaters, sure. The space heaters, and or are you talking about the ones that were wall mounted? No, the, the, uh, it was it was it was it, was, well, it wasn't wall mounted, but it had it was gas. It was connected with gas in the mm-hmm. back, and it had like a ceramic, and you had open flames. Yeah and I mean nowadays when I think about it, I'm like dude those things were a fucking fire Huge hazard from fire hell hazard. but back then it but would the be so when the plane
1: went out and you were just pumping natural I, gas actually much, I, was, yeah.
0: I was just about to mention that happened to me we had one of those in an apartment we were in I was See, sleeping look, on the you couch I was sleeping on the couch and you know thinking nothing of it I'm just asleep and then they wake me up in the middle of the night because they'd been out fucking party and they come back inside and the light had gone out and he was just spitting gas out and so if they'd come back a little bit later than that I don't know what state I might have been in I might have been blue but woke me up and I was all groggy and they got me out of the house what and, if you're and
1: still and dreaming on the couch <laughs> it's all it, this whole this life, whole fucking
0: imagine. rest of my life was Jacob's ladder is what you're telling me yeah. okay yeah or so that,
1: the last issue uh, of uh, son of Satan <laughs>
0: yeah and well, there was another time too where my stepfather was lighting that because I think it's the same fucking place too because we were in more than one place that had those things but the gas had already been started and he didn't realize it so we went to light it and he went poof. That okay. shit was not fucking safe. Yeah. Okay, Mac, I tried. Now
1: you try to th- I'll <laughs> try and them, see what happens. Uh, I don't, I don't want to go down that road. Well, no, do not song related so I don't want to burn any of these. Well, not enough. just
0: that but you got to realize in this circumstance franking is how far the dick's up my ass. Do <laughs> you want the dick further up your ass than it's up my ass as far as the shitty lives go? This is not a good place to be.
1: Oh, th- There was a time when I was a passenger look, we can do one of these. So my... Uh, <laughs> (laughs) We were broke as fuck, and we never had cars, right? Mm. And if we did have a car, it was bought off some shady lot where my mom was probably paying for it weekly. Come out in the morning to go to school, and there was no car. Because it hadn't repoed overnight. So we would not be able to go to school that day. We'd have to try and get a ride to get to school. So my aunt gave us her Suzuki Samurai, (laughs) which is a piece of shit. It's basically like a broke ass Jeep Wrangler, only way, way smaller. And this thing, the exhaust was rusted out of it. So the fumes were just coming up into the cabin. So we would all have to get jackets on because it was a ragtop roof like a Wrangler, like an old school Jeep. And so I remember going to school in the middle of the winter with the freaking roof flapping and nothing but exhaust fumes coming into the thing and we'd stop at stoplights and we literally would have to hold our breaths because we couldn't breathe Ugh. and the worst part is, is I'd get to school in high school where people are the most judgmental mm. and I already didn't talk to anybody because we'd just moved to town I had no friends I could get out of the car and smell that I smelled like exhaust fumes I smelled like freaking standing next to a city bus is what I smelled like and I could smell myself like that especially if I had a jacket on because mm. the jacket would absorb it mm. and so I'd have the jacket on the back of my chair at my desk and from class to class I know everybody could freaking smell me the entire day and I would freaking Freaking reek! One time, it ran out of gas. My brother and I got out, and we were trying to push it up. Okay, there's a bridge that goes over some train tracks, and we were just pushing as hard as we could just to get to freaking school, and we just couldn't do it. Mm. And we had to get some guy randomly pull off the side of the road, and I jumped in the car with him to go get gas, and Mm. because we had to get gas because we had to all get to school because my my sister was in there, I was in, my brother was in, my mom had to get to work after that. I just jumped in the car and left, and my mom said that she almost had a panic attack. We were in survivor mode. We have to get gas because we have to get to school because we god because this thing was such a piece of shit and it broke down all the time we were late to school all the time Mm. like 10 15 minutes late all the time and you just you can't do shit like that so i just got into this strange person's car to go get gas at first thought yeah that's a good idea somebody's here to help and then afterwards after i was gone apparently my mother like freaked out and was like holy crap i just put my oldest son in a car with a complete stranger and he just drove off mm-hmm. and this was pre-cell phone mm-hmm. so they're stuck on the side of the road with no way to contact anybody and can't do anything because i was gone mm-hmm. and really the dude and i just drove down the street to the gas station got gas and came back
0: but the stories that were running in their heads fucking apocalyptic yeah it was
1: unbelievable then we just got back in the uh the, but i just remember freaking like how old was i how old are you when you're a freshman in High school. 16 like, Yeah. Fourteen, fifteen, and I just remember I was trying to push this shitty Suzuki Samurai with my entire family and it up this bridge and it was just a complete disaster. The car was going nowhere. It was just horrible, horrible. I fucking hate that Suzuki Samurai. It's a piece of shit. Do I
0: remember pushing that car one time?
1: i don't did know did i man. ever
0: I when no you I, I hadn't thought about it but when you were talking about that story i, I seem to remember pushing your, one of your cars one time you and uh, your we, mom I, we and...
1: pushed cars all the time yeah <laughs> so I, cars I that die happened. And need to get yeah. pushed all the time so i don't freaking know but that. oh god i hated that car It was freaking terrible but if you never woken up to go to school in the morning you found your car was gone and you weren't sure if it got stolen and your mother had to lie to you because she knew that it got repoed mm-hmm. it's a fucked up situation that happened to me too yeah. so yeah it's, fucked up. it's just gone Okay. It's just, yeah, it was just gone. And we were all, I'm like freaking out. Like, where's the car? And my mom's like, well, I know where the car is. And the car got repoed." <laughs> <laughs> well, actually,
0: it. there was one instance where my stepfather had bailed on us. And so I was paying for the little crappy hatchback we had. I didn't have a license, but I was driving it anyway. He came back and he got pissed that I was driving the car that he wasn't paying for. And so he basically stole our car and didn't tell us until we tracked his ass down again. So that instance, it was kind of stole. But usually when the car disappears it's because somebody didn't pay their fucking payments.
1: One time... Ween got a brand new Mitsubishi Eclipse. Mm-hmm. We had no no freaking clue how this guy got a Mitsubishi Eclipse. Very shady fellow that we used to hang out with, and he didn't have his driver's license, but he was like, No, it's cool, I got a permit. So it's I was like, oh, Okay, cool, whatever. And so we drove to Pasadena Town Square, and then on the way back, we got stopped by the cops. There was a cop, there was a long line, and they were like pulling people, you know, like with the like, point, you two come over here, and they come like, like hey, but No, you
2: know how they'll do that shit? Like, or, like, like a DWI driving, yeah. But
1: it wasn't, because it was just like the middle of the day, and we thought that was weird.
2: Some stickers inspection.
1: And or something. as soon as he saw those cops, he started like freaking out, and I was like, Dude, what's going on? And he was like, Dude, they're totally gonna pull us. Dude, we're so we're so fucked. We're so fucked. I don't have a fucking permit or anything. I got nothing. And I'm like, are you freaking serious, dude? Like you were in this car. And because I didn't have a license because mm-hmm. I was freaking broke shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, why did I need a license? We didn't have cars that ran. <laughs> there was no point to me going and taking a drive. I didn't have a vehicle to take you a drive. You were the guy tested. who in the stranger's vehicle, not the guy who I was in the, the vehicle passenger. driving. Yeah. So we get freaking pulled out. I don't know what's about to happen. It turns out his mom saw that he had taken the car and just called the police and said that her car had been stolen. <laughs> So when they ran the plates, it was matching a stolen vehicle, and she was like trying to teach him a lesson. Meanwhile, I, I freaking lose my fucking shit because I can get in trouble right. as some sort of accomplice. Which of course she wasn't gonna press charges or well, I don't know, maybe they would. That family was so fucking weird. Yeah, and I'm like, was, oh my god, I that was one of the most scared I've ever been in my life. Mac, don't get in trouble with the law. So. When I'm now sitting as an accomplice to a stolen vehicle, mm-hmm. that's not a little crime. That's a fairly <laughs> yeah. decent sized crime. That's a juvie crime. Yeah, it, it was, that was, uh, oh my God. It, Cause remember, uh, he was like, please step out of the vehicle. So wean starts to get out of the vehicle. So I just start reaching over to grab the handle and the dude's like, sir, stay in the vehicle. Like scream at me. He's <laughs> staying in the vehicle. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm white. Don't yell at me. Right. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I've done nothing wrong, sir. But anyway, it was, uh, Oh my God, what the hell are you doing? The whole situation was ridiculous. We were just trying to go play Street Fighter, man. The Hot 30 Countdown, a song we predicted would go to number one. We knew it. Right after we spoke to Latoya Jackson at the Psychic Friends Hotline.
3: Parliopod, comic book talk and interviews with the pros you love. Pietro Blaxamoff, Christian, Blackman, Nerd Geek. Pop Dylan, a podcast that celebrates the music of Bob Dylan one song at a time. Randy Caldwell, I am trying to be optimistic, but I am evil. So are my dog and cat. Resurrections, the official Twitter feed of the Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. Ryan Daly, host of Batman Nightcast, Power of Fishnets, and Midnight, the podcasting hour on Fire and Water Podcast Network. Silver and Gold Podcast. Devoted to the DC Comics characters Booster Gold and Captain Adam. Siskoid. Geekery is the thing. Trekker Talk. A fan podcast devoted to the adventures of sci fi bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair from the Trekker Comics by Ron Randall. When it was cool.com. Patreon funded. Take a brief moment for some listener feedback. Ryan Daily Notes. Out of nowhere, this fun thing arrived. One on Eighth Sage says, Yay, another podcast to be behind on. One of my favorite kinds of music is Stuff I Don't Know. And of the songs from the first episode, I only know Faith No More. Pod Dylan simply wrote, Wildfire. He also dropped us a direct message of encouragement, and that's greatly appreciated. Siskoid added, Don't really know any of these songs, but I've always liked listening to you talk about music. Here's to discovering some music over the course of this show's run.
0: One song each is a rolled spine podcast. This is a not-for-profit fan production. Any copyrighted materials used is believed covered under fair use with no infringement intended. Please leave your comments and criticisms on our website. We especially encourage participation on this show. Feel free to call in and leave a request. Maybe you'll even get featured on the show. We thank you for your rapt attention.
2: Welcome ladies and gentlemen Holy Christ fuck Fuck <laughs> dude Fucking asshole man I was gonna do I the I
0: trouble the with your levels And I've got <laughs> it cranked up Because you come and Fucking do this shit
1: And then you're gonna scream in the mic You fucking dude, asshole Dude that like Blewed out the whole screen Yeah that was That's That was a, a prick that was Dude weird.
3: I was
2: gonna do the fight Like uh, UFC fights When they do that shit Yeah
0: well Fuck man
2: <laughs> Sorry right. man I no, didn't think I didn't think you turned fine. it up It's fine <laughs> So what's the name of the show again? One song uh, One song each One song each and I don't say welcome to... No, just do it cool. Do it however you feel like it. But going. we don't do like welcome to the... No, I
3: mean, do, do it... No. We don't have do, a way. We don't have a way. We don't we
0: do have a way that. yet. We just We're just, do just do still, it still it. finding our, you know. Okay. Okay. Feel
3: the beat, feel sao- the beat, feel the heartbeat. Feel the beat, feel the beat, feel the uh, heartbeat. Well,
2: there's a jumping. Someone's going to play our song. Yeah. There's a beat coming down the street. We got the feeling strong. Yeah. Love me, my wow. dude's gonna do my job T-H-R-O-B I'm working throng Feel the beat, feel the beat, feel the heartbeat Feel the beat, yeah, feel the beat, feel the heartbeat I wanna,
3: I wanna yeah, have a woman's gonna win it's in this
0: wicked world A little rock
1: and roll Can separate
2: them man from the girl Every mother and wow. son
3: can just wow. buy from me 95's an only wow. job i work working T-H-R-O-B I'm working through the beat, feel the beat, feel the
2: heartbeat, feel the beat,
3: feel the beat, feel the heartbeat, feel the beat, feel the beat, feel the heart beat